Becoming a homeowner should be one of the most exciting moments in your life. This is the time when you house shop, you figure out that home that you can call yours, then make an offer and get the keys to the new place you call home. The problem arrives when this home becomes the thorn in your side and your dream becomes a nightmare. This could have all been prevented had the house you purchased been the one that you could actually afford. The question comes, how much house can you afford? Most don't know or didn't calculate properly. This leads to your budget being completely messed up and slow down your wealth building and the journey to financial freedom. Today's episode is here to ensure you properly make this calculation, putting you in a house you can afford and be proud to call yours. Here we go. Welcome to the Financial Mirror. Financial Mirror. Where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. Hey, what's going on? Hopefully everybody's having a great weekend, uh, kicking it off uh, with some some good football. If you're into into football, last, yesterday we had some, some college football, now we got some NFL football, and um, it's been a great week, great weekend now. Uh, Alabama won. I don't know if you're, if I've never told you I'm an Alabama fan. I'm a big Alabama fan. Uh, so good day for me yesterday, but I want you to know that this episode, uh, is going to be fun, really, really fun. And you know why? Because last week I talked about how you can move from renter to homeowner. And today we get to go completely over step two of what I went over last week. So I want to go over how to actually calculate a house that you can afford. Uh, I think this is a, is something that there's so many people out there that, that either, either fail to do this, um, or, or, and they know how, or they just, they just don't do it because they, you know, they're just, they're just not really sure how. So, um, I, I, I want you to really think about it and really, really think about this one concept. You cannot afford every single house. You can't afford just any house. Um, I know it's mind blowing. And well, I mean, if you're in the top 0.5% of, of American income earners, you, I mean, you probably can, right? You could, you could buy any house you wanted, but most cannot like me included. Uh, if you're in the 99.5% of American income earners like me, you cannot just go out and buy any house that you want. Uh, so what can you really afford? And that is what this episode is going to be about. Uh, it's exactly, we're going to go from, uh, step one all the way through to the end. And you're, you can walk away knowing that you can put a value an exact dollar value on how much of a house you can really afford. Uh, so I actually, I didn't intend on this being a home buying series, uh, but that is kind of what it's become. The reason, the reason I think this, this is because more and more, and I see it, more and more people are continuing to get into houses that they can't afford. Uh, it's really killing their budgets. It's really killing their ability to start wealth building. It's really killing their ability to get out of, out of some of the positions that they, that they're in. Right. Um, and so I didn't plan on this being a home buying series, but like I said, it's kind of, it's kind of turned into that and that's okay because I think there's a lot that can, they can come out of it. Uh, the next two weeks are also going to be, uh, in relations to home buying and real estate. Uh, so stick around, uh, last week was, was the first piece, um, 
and the next two weeks are going to be right after this week is going to also be about home buying. So um, I think there's two reasons before I get started. I think there's two reasons that people are continuing to get into homes they can't afford. Uh, the first, I think, is the is that they intentionally buy something that they always wanted with money that they don't have. And I said that right. They want something so bad. They want this half a million dollar home because that's what they've always wanted. And they don't think they can, I mean, they can't afford it and they do it anyways. Um, this is where someone intentionally buys something they know they can't pay for. This is like you going to the store and you buying something on a credit card that you have no idea how you're going to pay back just on a larger scale, of course. So, um, the, and, and, and this is kind of what led to that 2008 housing bubble. Uh, banks were approving people to, to get into homes that they, they couldn't afford. Uh, they had nothing showing that they could afford it. And you can see on the screen that there was just build up and build up and build up. And then boom, uh, that sort of happened. That bubble, that bubble exploded. Um, but I don't think that this is the reason um, that more people are are getting in this position where they're getting into homes they can't afford. Um, I think it's number two. I think the second reason is that people just haven't been told how to calculate this value. Uh, they they sort of estimate how much they can afford on a home, um, and this is this is something that is fixable. If it is this reason, uh, which I'm, and I'm, I'm quite certain that in today's time, this is what it is, because banks are not really giving you mortgages. They're not really funding mortgages that in, in a home that you can't prove that you can pay for. Now, do some slip through the crack? Absolutely. Uh, but for on a larger scale, the 2008 house um, housing bubble really made it more restrictive on on lenders to give you a mortgage into something that you can't afford. So. I think it's this. I think it's people just don't know how to calculate the value. Um, it, it, you know, I truly think people want to make good financial decisions. I really do. Uh, but you only know what you know. And this episode will help you get to where you know an exact, I mean, down to the dollar, how much of a house you can afford. Um, so let's get to it. I want you to be as knowledgeable as you can be as you're going into buying uh, your next home. If you're, if you're a current homeowner uh, or is is that you know if you're if you're trying to get out of debt um, and you you get out of debt and you're at the point of home buying how much can you afford um, and I, w- I want you to know how to do that and so we're gonna step through it step by step so that you have a great understanding of what that is. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast today and you have a genius idea that you want to share with the world, Anchor is going to be the easiest way for you to make that podcast a reality. First, it's free. When you're thinking about your finances, free is always good. Second, save your money. You really don't need professional software to get started. Anchor's tools help you create and then edit that podcast right from your mobile phone or computer. Anchor's then going to help you by distributing that podcast to all the major podcast applications, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can then easily make money for your podcast. No minimum listenership is required. So Anchor obviously is everything that you need to make your podcast dream come true. I use Anchor to distribute out my podcast and so should you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, don't wait, do it today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor, that's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. So number one, um, 
I want to go over the mistake of not calculating how much you can afford on a home. So this is everything that happens and, and you know that can happen if you don't make that calculation accurately. So number one mistake when home buying is not calculating how much you can afford. Like I stated earlier, there are many reasons this can be, but I do think it's because most just don't know how to calculate that number. Uh, if you think about the average person, right, they probably truthfully guess how much home they can afford. So then when they hear how much the mortgage will be, they actually do it in reverse, right? They find out, they, they pick the house. They say, okay, I like this house. I like the house on 123 ABC Street. Perfect. You like ABC Street home. Um, but then they they buy they, they, they sit down with the you know the real estate agent, then they get get with a loan officer or whomever, uh, and they begin to work out how how this mortgage is gonna look. And then that house on 123 ABC Street creates a monthly mortgage of XYZ, whatever that number is. What that person ends up doing in turn is figure out, okay, how can I afford this home? Which is backwards. That's where this whole problem originates is because they didn't go into the deal knowing this is my cutoff for how much of a house I can afford on my current take-home pay. And and it is backwards. And that's not how we're going to go about it. Um, and that's how you turn home buying this this dream, this American dream of home buying, you turn it into a total nightmare. And and that's truthful. And if you if you get into a home that you can't afford, you will fill it. You will fill it every day when you walk through the doors, you will fill it because you will not be able to find happiness as you should be able to being a homeowner. Like you should feel happy being a homeowner. You should love being a homeowner. Um, but if you're in something you can't afford, it's going to slap you in the face. Every time you walk through the door, uh, you're going to know this is not, you know, this is not what I signed up for in terms of home buying. Uh, the next part of it is that when you're in a home, another, you know, mistake of not calculating this is that this affects multiple parts of your finances, not just your 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 um, living expense that's out there. This actually affects all other parts of your budget. So the house you can't afford will quickly affect your housing budget, but it'll also roll down to all the other line items in your budget. Uh, and so when you're overpaying on a house, this could be funds that you could be putting towards your student loans. This could be funds that are going towards your credit cards. This could be funds that, you know, that when you're having these feelings of, oh, I'm barely getting by. Oh, you know, how how am I ever going to pay for X, Y, Z? And it, it sort of stems from this, right? This overpaying for homes stems from this. Your your home is your, in, in most cases, uh, depending on how much debt you have, it's your, your home is your highest budgeted item in your budgets. The highest line item in your budget is the home. And when you're overpaying for that, that affects everything else. That affects how much groceries you can get. That affects how much your cell phone bill can be. That affects how much fun money you have. That affects how much money you're putting away for your kid's college. That affects how much everything, how much you can afford uh, to put back into retirement. That affects how much you can afford to invest into to other parts of your life. To, for personal growth, whatever, all which if you're overpaying on a home, that's all funds that you could be putting somewhere else that you're now putting into a home. Now, do homes have a return on investment in the positive? Normally, not always, but normally. Um, 
But you've got to realize that overpaying is not the way forward. You cannot be in homes you cannot afford. Okay. And then the last factor, uh, the last mistake of not calculating your, your home affordability is when you go into a deal and you're looking for a home, you have to realize that a real estate agent is a seller. There are great real estate agents out there. I mean, great real estate agents. And I'm talking about real estate agents that want nothing but the best for you. They don't want to put you in anything that um, is is outside of what, what you're going to be happy with. There's tons of them out there. And I'm not even saying that most are, are going to try to upsell your home. But there are some some sleazy real estate agents out there that may that you may get stuck with and they may come across as being so helpful and um whatnot but but they they could be sleazy on the back end so that uh, if you don't go into it knowing how much you can afford a real estate agent could begin to uh start shopping around showing you all these homes and they'll they normally if you if you've ever been through a home buying experience uh you go out you go looking for homes what ends up happening is you get a list of homes right from the real estate agent. They show you, say, all right, here's all, here's all the listings we're going to go look at today. And what they'll normally do is they'll pick out a couple that are right inside that budget that you gave yourself. And then they'll get a couple that are maybe five, ten, twenty thousand outside of it. Uh, sort of stretch your limits. Uh, then those are the ones, obviously, for five or ten or twenty thousand dollars more. They're going to come with a, little, a couple of more bells and whistles that you may just all of a sudden have this. Um, this this new this newfound uh, requirement that you want to see in a home, and you end up doing a deal on that. You make an offer on that, uh, and that puts you five or ten, twenty thousand over your budget. So knowing how much you can afford, knowing what that cutoff limit is, is very very important uh, because because that that keeps you it keeps your real estate agent honest. It keeps you honest, right? Because uh, ultimately it's your decision. I don't care how many, and that's, that's the thing. I don't care how many real estate agents, I don't care, you know, maybe, maybe that sleazy real estate agent actually is like the greatest one to have, right? Because they're going to be sleazy enough that, that, that representing you as the buyer, they might be able to help out and get a, get a better deal from the, from the seller, right? I, I don't, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is that if you don't know your limit, if you don't know, I will not spend more than this, you will or could end up being in a home that you can't afford. Um, and that's, that's what this whole thing's about. And that, that's a huge mistake, a huge mistake. So if you're, if you're watching it live, you can see the screen. If you're not, I wanted to read this to the people listening on the podcast. But, um, when talking about real estate agents and choosing one, it says, what if I told you that home you saw today and you want to think about tonight will sell today to the people who saw it yesterday and thought about it last night? I thought that was I thought that was comical, but I mean it's true. Um, that's that just shows you it puts you in the mind of a of a real estate agent and how they they have you know they have very very good lines that can help uh, close their deal right. So nothing more on that, but but that's the thing. You've got those. There's tons of there's tons of things out there. There's tons of things going on in the home buying process. Um, but the step, the first step to eliminate all of those those things that would that would show up as a mistake later on is to just come up with that that solid, um, grounded number that says I will not spend more than this on a home. So, what are some factors uh, that you should consider before calculating? And that's what I want to go over next. So, the first factor that you should consider before calculating how much home you can afford is are you in debt i'm telling you right now do not buy a house if you are in debt if you are in debt 
your only focus, and I mean sole focus on in life, should be on getting out of debt. That's it. That's it. You shouldn't be saving for a down payment. You shouldn't be worrying about repair costs. Nothing. Just get out of debt. That's all. The, that's the only spot your money should be. You build your emergency fund of a thousand dollars, and then you get out of debt. That's the process. If you, you shouldn't be worried about anything else, don't try to buy a home in debt. Please don't try to buy a home in debt. Because think about it. There's less unexpected cost that comes when you're renting. So when you're renting, the HVAC going out is not your problem. When you're renting, the roof leaking is not your problem. The water pipe busting is not your problem. The All these costs are not your problem. And that's what's so important. That's what we fail to remember whenever we want to say, well, I'm wasting money by by not getting into a home. But but are you? You're really not. If you're in debt, your focus is on your debt. It, you you can't you can't have unexpected stuff hit your budget every single month because you know something happened in this new home that you bought um, and and now you're having to put money into that you can't worry about that so if you're in debt don't start the home buying process if you listen to last week's episode the number the first step to move from renter to homeowner is to get out of debt so don't buy a home in debt. Focus on the debt first and then come back to the home buying process. Number two, the second factor is you've got to figure out how much down payment you can afford. Uh, if you can't put down 20%, that's okay, uh, but you have to consider that that adds PMI as a factor when you're looking into to buying a home. Um, you've got to think about PMI. You cannot, if, if you can't put down 20%, you've got to consider PMI and that's going to lower the amount of home you can afford. So, uh, that, that comes up, you know, you know, later on in the show, we're going to go over PMI more in detail and I want you to see it. I want you to see how that affects, uh, the price of the home that you can afford. So I'll get more on that later, but the second factor that you've got to consider is you've got to figure out before you start calculating, cause you're not basing the home price off of the down payment right? We want to figure out how much we can afford and then run the numbers. And if it doesn't work, we adjust, but figure out how much you can, cause, cause I don't want you, you know, if there's a certain home you want, well, I'll get into it later. But what I'm saying is if there's a certain home you want, let's figure out that number first. And then we can adjust based off of, um, based off of down payment, which you got to know how much down payment you can afford first. The next thing is closing cost and moving expense. Um, this this factor is is something I think a lot of people overlook. So they 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 get so excited. They're they're all of a sudden you know they're like wow I'm buying my first home or wow I just upgraded my home or whatever and I just dropped I just cleaned out my savings account and I just put twenty percent down and boom I'm done right wrong you've got moving costs you've got closing costs we talked about closing costs last week but if you missed it closing costs are going to run you 2 to 3% of the the mortgage uh, value so you've got to know that 2 to 3% is necessary on top of your down payment the other thing is you you can't just say well i put all my money into the down payment and now i have no money to move moving costs money you can see on the screen how much it costs to move this is from 2019 but um, for a basic three bedroom local move, it runs you between 11 and $1,500. Uh, so you need that. You need that extra money to move. If you can somehow get a lot of friends and family members to bring trucks and trailers and you can move all your stuff and, 
I mean, there's cost effective ways to do it. You could do it for less than a thousand dollars. You could do it less for the, than two hundred dollars. Uh, but if you can't, you've just got to figure it out. You've got to think about what, how am I going to pay for closing costs? How am I going to pay for my moving expense? And that's it, right? Uh, once you know that, you, you're through with factor three. You're like, all right, I've covered closing costs, moving expense. I know how much down payment I can pay. I'm out of debt. So let's go to number four. I'm, I'm saying this with a grain of salt, but don't buy mortgage points. Uh, when you, when you, when you do, do your loan, um, uh, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not saying don't buy mortgage, uh, mortgage points. This is a case by case basis. Uh, but for the masses, I'm looking at this from the masses. Don't buy mortgage points. Um, put that money towards your down payment instead. So you can see on the screen, uh, this is for a $300,000 loan uh, at a 4.5% interest rate. So that's no points at all. Um, that, you know, that's going to run you a monthly payment of 1500. So you're, you're buying one point. It would cost you $3,000 on a $300,000 loan. Um, so that's going to, that's going to change your, your total payment, um, like a hundred bucks ish. And actually not even like, like 45 bucks. Right. And then it's going to take your break. Even point is going to be about 49 months. And this is how mortgage points work. That what you're trying to figure out when you're doing mortgage points is you're trying to figure out how, how many months is my, is it going to take me before I start seeing a savings? So in this case, 49 months, uh, is the break even point. If you are going to buy mortgage points, 40 and you plan on this being a something you're going to be in for longer than 49 months, a hundred percent, uh, you can start looking at possible, but what I'm telling you is for the masses, it's not worth it. Put the extra money into the down payment, lower the value of the loan. And that's the better route. 98% of the time, that's the better route. made up statistic. I just made that up, but, uh, I'm telling you is as much, it's much better to put extra money towards the down payment than try to buy mortgage, uh, mortgage points. Okay. Okay. The last thing, and this is the one that uh, I want to do an episode on next week, is it, sort of going through. So I'm not going to hit this very much, um, but I want to do an episode on this next week is, is picking a home. Um, so tune in next week and, and we're going to go over picking homes and, and, and going through that piece. But uh, number five, the fifth factor to consider is uh, don't don't focus on the cosmetic stuff. Focus on structure. Um I want you to look at this image on the screen. If you're listening to this on a podcast, you can always go look on it, but pretty much it's this beautifully uh, newly constructed home, right? Great floor plan. I'm looking at the floor plan. I've got the floor plan on the screen. Um, and then all of a sudden on the right-hand side, you can see there are these hideous orange walls and this like vomit green suede carpet inside of this. The house is beautiful. The outside is beautiful. The floor plan is is just the way I want it. Like I wanted all that room. I wanted that huge dining area. I wanted that that spread out kitchen. I wanted the 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 bedrooms all upstairs. Like I, like it's perfect. It's exactly what I wanted. But it's got orange walls and you know vomit green suede carpet. Are you buying this house? Well, yeah. Like this is actually like ideal. Don't focus on cosmetic stuff. Um, uh, 
focus on the things that are important. Focus on the floor plan. Focus on the roof. Focus on when the HVAC was last um, uh, replaced. Focused on on termites. Focus on water damage, mold, electrical, roof, all that kind of stuff. Focus on the stuff that matters. Focus on all the things that are expensive to fix or replace, not on the ugly orange room, not on the puke green carpet, okay? That all can be fixed fairly easily and cheap. It's not that expensive to fix that kind of stuff. Focus on the stuff that's ridiculously expensive to fix um, because in the end, that's what matters. Focus on the Focus on the factors that are expensive. Focus on those pieces. Your carpet, your paint, not going to be too bad uh, to, to fix that up. So the moment you've all been waiting for, how to calculate house affordability. Um, this is what it all boils down to. I think I've got this broken down uh, fairly well. If you're listening to this on a podcast, please know I'm going to go through and try to write um, Give these numbers off, rattle these numbers off uh, in, in, a, in a way that can be easily understood uh, through audio. Uh, so bear with me, but I'm going to go through step by step of how to do this and see so that you can come up with how to calculate how much home you can afford. And that is going to be that the number. When we when you come up with the number, don't don't you know take the number for what it is. Don't be like, well, uh, I can you know I could give up this and I can increase. No, like that's the number. Go with the number. The number is going to save you heartache later. I'm telling you, go with the number. Don't don't mess up the number. Okay, so here we go. The first thing that you're going to do is you're going to take 25% of your take home pay. So if you look at my example on the screen. Uh, I'm using take. I'm using an income of seventy-five thousand dollars for a home. Um, I based it off of. So I looked at all fifty states. I looked at highest and lowest uh, combined tax rates for uh, federal and state, and came up with Wisconsin is the tenth highest. So I went. I wanted to go in the higher higher bracket. Uh, but if you're in one of those low tax rate states, you know, this, that could benefit you into, into buying more home, right? Cause you're, you're paying less in taxes, but, uh, pretty much Wisconsin at a 10th highest had a 19.72% tax rate for a $75,000 income. Um, so take home 25% of that our, our take home is $60,211 and, uh, take home, 25% of that take home is $1,254. So what when you when you look at this, 25% of your take home pay, that's step 1. If you if you come up with this number, what what you're looking at on the screen is what I can tell you is that this family um, can afford $1,254.39 in a mortgage. Now, what's included in your mortgage? Well, three, maybe four things. The mortgage itself, your home insurance, your property tax, and potentially your PMI, right? If you don't put down 20%, you also have to calculate PMI in there. So that's all included in that, that monthly housing payment, right? So the first step is to find out what your 25% is. Like I said, for this family, I did $75,000 income. 
And I'm going to use this same family all the way through this example. Okay. So this same family had $75,000 income. Um, that's 60,000 after taxes. So they have 1,254 that they can use, um, moving forward. So in the, in this part of the example, uh, I've simply came up with the fact that at a 20% down payment, they would need $35,350 in a down payment at a 15 year fixed rate mortgage, 3.66% interest. It's just, you know, just some ballpark, uh, average out there of interest rate. Their home value could run them $176,750. And that's down to the dollar. I mean, if I go up to 751, that's now 1255 monthly. So to the dollar, they can buy their their max value they can spend on a home with 20% down, 15 year fixed, 3.66% interest, is they can buy a home for 176750 that's that's what this person can afford. So next th this is this is an example, a very broad example. But now I want to show you all the factors that go into this. So this if you took that if you took anything away from that example, you come up with your 25%, you figure out your down payment, and I'm going to get to down payment here just next, but you've got to know what that number is so that you can come up with that home value. All right? Because home value or, or your down payment plays a big role into how much home you can afford. Let me show you. So here's four examples. Uh, this what I, I broke it down into four things: five uh, percent down payment, ten percent down payment, fifteen percent down payment, and twenty percent down payment. So here's what I want you to look at. Looking back at my previous example, one hundred and seventy-six thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars is the home value. I kept that same home value for this example. Okay, same home value, one seventy-six seven fifty. Now, but you can see, if I do a five percent down payment, I can't afford this house anymore. I've got to drop the how much house I can afford because you can see, private mortgage insurance PMI is now added to this. My five percent down payment would not allow me to afford this house. I've got to drop that home value. My 10% down payment at 17,675 would not allow me to buy this house because of my PMI. My 15% down payment would not allow me to buy this house because of my PMI. It would take me a 20% down payment, which is $35,350 to buy this home. So like I said, come up with how much house you can afford and then, or, or, or you can put in, if you know for a fact, this is how much down payment you can afford, uh, stick that in there. Say, I, I this is what I want, uh, but I like looking at it the other way. I like looking at it what is, is the simple fact is, what can my income afford me? And that's how I like to look at it. I like to say, I like to say, what can my income afford me? And then I start saving for that down payment. That's the, that's the route. I know to buy this $176,750 home, I need $35,350 and I'm set. I'm ready to go. That's how much down payment I need. Now, let's not forget our uh, closing costs. Let's not forget our moving expense. So we're looking at probably more of like 42,000, right? But that's what you've got to know. Figure out your down payment. So PMI, uh, 
it's, it's, if you can't put 20% down, PMI is added. Um, PMI is sort of how a mortgage protects a mortgage company protects their investment. Uh, PMI on average is about 30 to $70 a month for every hundred thousand dollars of loan that's given out. And it will be on the loan until your loan value reaches 78% of the original amount, or you're halfway through your loan. So, um, you should be at 78% before you're halfway through, but if you're not, you, you know, you would, you'd have to pay it down 78%. You can get it taken off early. So the next question is what type of mortgage 15 year or 30 year mortgage? That's the next question you've got to come up with. So you can figure out how much house you can afford because that, that alone is affects your, uh, your monthly, because ultimately you, you've got to, you've got to come up with a monthly that you can afford. You got to run the numbers to make sure all this, all this matters, right? So you can see this is based off of a $300,000 home. This same $300,000 home is going to cost one family. Um, what is this one? Yep. No, this is a $240,000 loan. Excuse me. It's going to cost this one family $309,000 for a $240,000 home. It's going to cost this other family that does the 30 year 412,000. So there's a big difference in how much interest was paid on this home. I mean, double the amount is paid on the 30 year versus the 15. Um, you get lower interest rates on the 15, but you get a lower monthly on the 30 because of the length of time on the mortgage. So that's kind of a question you have to come up with. Uh, some people will say, well, I'm going to do a 30, but I'm going to pay on it like it's a 15. Okay. That's great. That's not a bad thing. Um, but what I can tell you is, is that that is a commitment thing. And if you don't commit to doing it, you probably won't do it. I think for the masses, I think for the majority, uh, most people are not going to pay that extra and that's going to cost them. Right. Uh, so think about it. Think about which route you want to go. I'm not telling you one route is better than the other. Um, my biggest thing that I'm telling you is to stay under your 25% of your take home pay. That's the biggest thing. All these are other factors that can help you do that. Right. Uh, you could do a 30 year and stay under. Right. And then if you got a promotion five years from now, you could everything you got from that promotion could help you pay off your home faster. Um, but ultimately you've got to come up with that number first and that number can help affect all these other factors, right? Or all these other factors can help buy you a, a better home with that number. So the last thing, and this one I'm going to talk about next week as well in that episode, but you've got, it's better to buy a lower cost home in a good neighborhood than to buy a higher priced home in a average neighborhood, right? Um, and the reason I say that is because there's better home, uh, there's better upside for home value growth. If you're the cheapest home in that neighborhood, and it's a great neighborhood, uh, by, by being in that neighborhood, as those houses increase in value, yours is going to increase in value faster, uh, because those comps in your area are going to be higher, right? So better upside for home value growth. Uh, if you buy big home in a below average or average neighborhood, that's going to limit your ability to build equity in that home. So think about it. If you own a 2000 square foot, four bed, two bath home in a neighborhood with a bunch of trailers around it, your home is not going to increase in value very fast, if at all, honestly. Um, 
I mean, you will increase the value of those trailers and those lots possibly, but uh, those owners might be your best friend. They might appreciate you dropping that big home right there. But uh, in all honesty, buy a home in a great neighborhood. And even though it may be on the lower end of that neighborhood, uh, that does give you the greatest opportunity for upside growth. Um, so you can see this isn't really complex. The biggest thing is to slow down. So if you are a first-time homebuyer, uh, I don't like in this picture, I don't like where it says build credit. Credit is not really necessary to buy a home. It's more about just being out of debt and then showing that you can afford um, afford a home. But save for the down payment, get pre-qualified, and then make an offer. And that's the, that's the thing. Don't try to go straight into making an offer. Understand what you can afford save for that down payment based off of what you can afford and the down payment that puts you in, you know, in the ballpark of the monthly that you need, uh, get pre-qualified to show that that's what you can do and then make an offer. Uh, so don't try to jump all the way up to step four, uh, as, as a first time home buyer, even a second time home buyer, it's not complex. Um, if this is your first home, this may all be extremely new to you and that's okay. Follow these steps Keep up with the next few episodes and you'll be on your way to buying a home. If this is not your first home, uh, there are still things that you may or may not have considered in this episode. Uh, so put those to use when you're buying uh, future homes. And finally, I want to address this one thing that's really hard for me to say, but I have to say it because it's, it's, it's factual and truth. If you own your home, but you run these numbers and you realize that you can't afford the, the home that you're in and you are in debt, um, that this is a conversation you and your spouse should have. And I'm, uh, I know that's hard to say, um, but you've got to have it because and if you're single and you've bought a home and this, and you've run the numbers, you realize that this is a home you can't afford and this, you're paying above your 25% take home pay. Think about it. Um, but the house that you can't afford could be the one thing that is holding you back from getting out of debt it could be the one thing holding you back from uh, from beginning to build wealth, and and that's that's honesty, right? That's honesty. So make sure that the house that you're paying for, make sure that what you're paying for um, is less than twenty five percent of your take home pay. And and that's hard for me to say because people buy homes and they're so happy about them. Um, but if I'm saying that 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 your house is outside of your twenty five percent, you've probably already felt the harm that it's done to your uh, to, to your life and your finances over time. It's probably not new information, maybe hard to hear, but probably not new information. So take a look at it. If you're outside of that 25%, tr truthfully, uh, it may be worth getting into another living arrangement, uh, maybe moving to renting so you can pay off your debt or whatever. But that, that is a step that, that you, you can't, you can't continue to pay for a home you can't afford. Uh, but if you are, if you're ready to take that step and you're ready to take control of your finances, and get back on track to paying off your debt and move from renter to buyer and go through these steps of figuring out this number and start buying that home, uh, you might just need a financial coach to sit down with you and help build out that personal financial plan to go into home buying or maybe just to, to pay off your debt and, and get into um, a strategy, a, a, a proven plan that's going to get you to buying your first home or, or subsequent home. Um, I can be the financial coach that, that can build that plan with you. So go to uh, thefinancialmirror.org uh, forward slash contact and fill out the contact form and I will be in touch with you to schedule a free consultation uh, to get you going 
and to buy your first home, to get you out of debt, to, to just take a look at your budget even. Um, but anything that you need to get your finances on track, I can help you with that. Also, if you want to give an extra dose of support to the stream, you can always visit my merch page at thefinancialmirror.org forward slash merch and pick up some awesome Financial Mirror gear. Uh, so I truly appreciate everyone tuning in. I hope that you took away something from this. If you did, please share it with your friends, your family. Uh, I think that this is a single point of failure for people's finances and, and their ability to stay on track financially. Uh, so put this information out there. Share it with me and people as you know. Truly thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you are listening to this on a podcast uh, or, if you're, or if you're watching this live, please don't forget to like, comment, uh, subscribe to the channel, uh, share it with your friends and family members. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review and a written uh, comment. That truly does go a long ways. And until next week, peace. Continue improving the one thing you can control yourself. Have a good one. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.